name is uh, Dr. David Moss, and I uh, want to have a little discussion today on uh, the area of communication studies and some of the courses that I've been teaching for the past uh, 25 to 35 years, and talk a little bit more about those, and maybe hopefully give you some insight on um, on a lot of those a lot of those courses and how they can benefit you in the future, and why they're so important uh, to you. Um, so I've been teaching uh, pu public speaking probably the longest. I've been teaching that for probably about the last uh, 25 to 35, 30 years, I should say. And then uh, my other area, strong area, would be argumentation and debate, which I teach. And, um, and then I've been teaching interpersonal communication would be the next one, which I've been teaching fully online and face-to-face -face and hybrid as well. Um, and then I have some very elective courses, which I teach, which uh, right now I'm teaching a persuasion course. I've taught gender communication. I've taught, I teach small group communication on a regular basis. Um, I've taught organizational communication and uh, just trying to think of a, just a variety of elective courses that, I, that I've taught. So I really enjoy it because each of those uh, takes area of communication, but you're looking at a specific area that it deals with. And so I would say the bread and butter courses, which would be public speaking and interpersonal communication, because public speaking is primarily presentational. And I would say 90 to 95% of that course is presentational. We're in interpersonal communication is more skill focused. And we're looking at how can we improve areas like listening and conflict management and um, perception and a lot of different areas that uh, we want to improve. And so that, that course is very important too and um, how we interact with others. Uh, from those courses, of course, you get a lot more specific, like argumentation debate is a wonderful course that focuses on uh, not only argumentation and building strong arguments and further getting into applying those to uh, formal academic debate and, uh, and competing but also involves critical thinking and elements of communication as well. So it's a very, very good course and um, involves a lot. Um, the other course courses from there, like I said, uh, like small group communication, we're focusing on uh, the dynamics of group dynamics and uh, how we interact with others within groups. And so there's a lot of different facets that are involved there. Um, so that is a great course as well. Uh, and then additionally, like I said earlier, there's a lot of other courses that look at just specific areas. And so like gender communication is a great course and uh, intercultural communication is another course I didn't mention, which is great. It looks at uh, communication between cultures and how we interact that way. So that's just kind of an overall uh, view. A lot of the courses I've taught and uh, these are all the courses are greatly benefit. In fact, the, the area of communication is, is very broad, but um, is very important because uh, we use it in everything that we do. It's, uh, it's everywhere. So no matter whether you want to, to be a doctor or whether you want to be an engineer or whether you want to be a scientist or teacher or whatever you do, you're going to use elements of communication. And so just basic courses like public speaking and 
interpersonal communication are going to be very, very important uh, for your career and how you interact with others. Tell us about your approach to persuasion and persuasive speaking. I know you've done research in this area and have given workshops on it, um, and it seems like a very uh, passionate area for you. Yeah, persuasion is a, a great area, and um, it's used a lot of. We use we try to influence others all the time. Well, you know, we, we do, and I mean, like little kids try to persuade their parents to give them things. I mean. I mean, so we use it um, in all different ways. So it's what we call ubiquitous. It's everywhere in all, everything we do. And so um, the course really involves, um, when I'm teaching it, I, I think it's really important that we understand persuasive theory, first of all. We look at the roots of persuasion and where it came from. And we, um, we look at those elements. And then we, we move past the kind of the classic approach and classical theories and move into more contemporary ideas. And there's a lot of uh, skill-based and techniques that are used with persuasion as well. And so, um, and then we look at the kind of what I call the dark side, uh, where we use, we look into, we look at uh, lying and lie spotting and deception as well, and how that's used uh, within persuasion. So it's a fascinating area because uh, it's used a lot. And I mean, like, in politics or in business or whatever happens to be, persuasion is there. And um, I th a really important piece of that is, is the ethical piece of persuasion and how we can use, because persuasion gets a bad name oftentimes and we kind of tie it into propaganda and how people try to deceive others. But, but I, th I think there's a really importance of using it ethically. And I think that needs to be focused in how we can do that. And um, because it is a very, very, um, positive element that we can use with others. So um, when I teach the course, though, what I'm doing right now, right now, is my students are putting a campaign together, and they're actually uh, what we call spin doctors assignment, where they put a spin on a controversial issue, or they can take a candidate as well. And what they're doing is they're putting together some uh, short ca campaign speeches, both for and against. And then what they're doing is they're also because this is fully online. So it's a little bit challenging. Um, they're putting together some print ads and posters uh, along with slogans and everything, both for and against. And they have to submit those electronically. And then on top of that, they put two short commercials together, both for and against. And then lastly, they analyze their audience. They do a short paper, uh, which they, uh, they review the challenges that they're faced up against with their audience, whether their target audience happens to be a group of college students or senior citizens or businessmen or whoever they're dealing with, they have to look at their target audience in, in persuasion. And that's really important. So um, they put a campaign package together and submit that and um, just, you know, like I said, it's a lot of fun because it, we get into all the, they get to apply like uh, 20 to 30 different areas of persuasion and use those in their uh, campaign in doing that. So, like I said, we've in, and other, there's other elements of this course, such as they've done um, other papers and speeches and things like that, that are really helpful. But I know a lot of the students that finished the course have just definitely gone, come away and said, wow, I have a lot more clarity with persuasion and how I, I can use it in a practical way, because I'm a strong believer in, you know, theory is wonderful and it's great and it's 
understand the concepts, but I think that application is a big piece too. And I think, you know, if I walk away from a class that I've taken and I'm able to use it in my everyday life so much better. So that's just a little bit about persuasion and some of the things that uh, my thoughts on it. Yeah, it sounds like your students, or you take some unique approaches with your students too, um, and having them, you know, draft an entire campaign, it sounds like, around an issue and um, try to persuade you. Um, I guess, have you ever been persuaded by some of your students to change your opinions on subjects? Yes, and I tell my students, I said, okay, you're, um, if you're going to try to persuade me and try to influence me in some way, even be your grade or something like that, then I expect you to build a sound argument. And I'm able to do that along with reasoning and proof of why I should, why I should consider changing your grade. So I'm definitely influenced by my students all the time. And I, I'm very open because, um, you know, human like everyone else, I make mistakes and that sort of thing. And and, and maybe they provide new perspectives, but you say, Dr. Moss, well, maybe we should try this, try this way. And I said, oh, that's a really good idea. So yeah, they definitely influence me all the time and uh, give me some new ideas and new perspectives on how I should do things. And um, it's, I'm always open to that. You said you uh, teach this class online. Um, how does How's that been going? Is it uh, challenging to teach persuasion online? It is. It, it is. Um, you know, there's some things that are very straightforward and easy to do, like, you know, taking exams and, and uh, that sort of thing. But one of the real challenging things with the online environment is building relationships. Um, because you can't see people face to face, and you probably know this if you, if you go on like, social media like Facebook or Twitter, or whatever that you use for social media, it's, it's hard, it's challenging because you, know, you can't interact and see the person face to face. I mean, you're somewhat limited with your text and things like that, that you, that you use. So um, that probably would be, would be one of the first things that I try to, and I do the, my best to, to promote um, you know, interaction with others, whether it be short videos or um, discussion boards or other things that they can do to provide um, insight and develop some rapport with, with my students in doing that. So uh, speeches are a number, another big challenging thing. I mean, um, because speeches really incorporate an audience and that's an important piece of uh, delivering speeches. So when you don't have the audience and you don't have the interaction, then it's kind of tough to deal with. So I do the best I can with that. And um, I've taught classes where I require that they have a, a group of about eight people uh, in the background. They show it to me and then they deliver their speech in front of that group and do that because I think that's a really important element. Um, so yeah, the speech part of it is, is challenging. And um, I mean, there's other elements, just the interaction and you know, be able to get them to interact with with other their classmates within the within the within the class as well, because you know they're communicating through emails and uh, texting and that sort of thing, and that can be, you know, because it's it's delayed and all that. That can be that can be challenging and frustrating at times. So there's complex 
a lot of complex issues that you have to deal with with online. But unfortunately, on the other hand, there's um, I use uh, Canvas to teach my plat online platform. So um, it's a wonderful platform and it provides a lot of ways that you can communicate with with one another. Um, you know, even simple, you know, by using your cell phone or things like that and communicating that way, that can be very helpful. So those are just some of the things that I deal with. Um, I'm always working on trying to improve um, communication interaction with my students. Um, that's why I like the Zoom platform a lot because it allows you to meet with your students and you can, um, you know, you can help clarify things a lot more. Um, I, I met with a lot of my students this past week on assignments where I post something in the, you know, in text and you're writing, but they still have questions or interpreting it. Um, so I invite them to attend one of my office hours, a Zoom meeting, and we have a good discussion about it that way. And it really helps clarify a lot more. So I'm really thankful for tools like Zoom and tools, other tools that are out there that uh, provide um, that strong interaction that's needed with the online environment. Do you think um, from your perspective that classes will stay in this hybrid and um, online uh, environment? Is this our new normal or do you think that we'll get back to um, in-person and regular classes? Um, and I guess part of that too is what do you, what have you heard students say? Are they liking um, hybrid and the flexibility uh, of these models? Kind of a mixed bag. Uh, what I get from my students is I get certain learners that absolutely do not like the online. It's not made for them. And they tell me that straightforward. Hey, I, I just can't deal with this. And you know what? Uh, if I take this class again, it's gonna be face-to-face -face in the classroom. And I get it. I, I get it because that's their mode and that's that's how they learn. And uh, But then I get the other student that they, they're introduced to online and they go, wow, I really like this. And this is a great way. And, uh, you know, hey, I can, I, I don't have to be, go to drive to a campus and, and uh, go, you know, sit in the classroom and do this, but I have a lot more flexibility. I can, you know, 24 seven, I, I can get engaged and do that. So I have that student as well. So it's kind of a mixed bag that way. Um, I get a little bit of both, but um, I think one thing I think, and especially with the pandemic that we've been going through, um, I think a lot of students are really going to hang on to online more. Um, I don't think it's going to go away at all. Uh, I know the college I work at is um, we are going to be going to more face-to-face -face, uh, classroom settings, but I think a good percentage of that is going to, they're going to stick with the online program and then do it that way just because it's it's a, just a lot more convenient for them and you know I get a lot of the students that have to work they have jobs or families or whatever is going on in their lives and they just don't have time to uh, like I said drive down to the campus and, and meet in a class and do that so I just think that's a great opportunity I, I, I think the online uh, classes are going to flourish and continue um, I, th I don't think, uh, I think, yeah, we're going to have a good group that's going to go back to the class and need that. But at the same time, I think there's going to be that group that just wants to stick with the online portion. Um, another one, which which I, is really, I think, going to be really helpful. We actually, our college sent a survey out to students and we found out that the 
the mode that students like the most is the hybrid mode um, more than anything because with the hybrid it's it's uh, kind of a it's a flipped classroom is where what you're doing is you're inviting students to not only learn online so maybe you have the quizzes you have lectures you have your even discussion boards and things like that during the week for a course but then what you have is once a week or twice a week they come to a classroom and then they work on assignments or exercises or maybe deliver speeches or things like that so that's what we call a hybrid or flip classroom where we can do that and a lot of students really like that and actually um I will be going with that within the next semester uh, more so. And I've even liked it too, because it, it allows students to deliver their speeches uh, to an audience and really to um, inter interact a lot more and have that face-to-face -face interaction that they need uh, with not only their instructor, but with their classmates. So I, I to answer your question brief, I, I think online is only gonna continue to flourish and uh, I think we're going to find, especially with technology, I think it's going to really um, be beneficial to um, the students of the future. With your other classes, like your interpersonal and communication, small group, and even your public speaking classes, um, how are they going? Have you been taking any unique approaches um, this year or just in general? Um, my interpersonal communication class, which, which I've had for a long time, um, is is great and I always get a lot of students to take it and um, we go through a series of different skills and we I have exercises which they work on and things like that they do have a, a small presentation which they do with a partner what I call a diet presentation so that that course has been going good um, I will say one thing that um, and I've noticed this that um, we our college is going to what we call OER um, online educational resources, which are free for students, and so students are really looking for uh, resources that are really inexpensive or free to use because of uh, uh, you know because of their pocketbook. They, a lot of them can't afford um, you know hundred dollar textbook and that sort of thing. So um, this is one of the courses that we'll, I'm looking at to revert to what we call an OER um for this course so that's in one way that that has changed uh for the interpersonal course the other thing which um, i think has been really helpful is we have what we call a media library for our college and we have uh, a lot of short videos or uh, clip, video clips which tie into communication concepts and in the media library we have um, a series of uh, what we call questions or discussion questions tied to each video so what's great to when using this media library uh, you could teach like a concept like uh, on listening for example and then have them watch a clip um, that is fairly current and they it maybe these clips are only maybe like about two to three minutes long and then they would uh, answer some questions and submit their responses um, to that film. So again, that's another great resource with the interpersonal course, especially that looks at different, uh, you know, topics like I said, listening or conflict or self-disclosure or whatever happens to be that you're you're talking about at that time. So, um, like I said, that like public speaking, I think the interpersonal is a, is a different takes a different approach to communication. And when we talk about interpersonal communication, we're talking about communication with others. 
So it's so important that we're able to um, communicate with, with competence um, in, with, with other people. It's really cool that your school has that media library um, that you can tap into. And I'm sure that's very helpful with the online classes too, because it gives students another resource to pull from. Um, let's see. So, um, Is there anything else you would like to share with the audience, just uh, um, speaking about your classes and your experiences um, in the classroom over the course of your tenure? Uh, one of the areas which I probably should mention is, um, is internships. And I've been really been involved with that and uh, for, for quite a while. And so I would recommend to students that um, especially in the field of communication um, and whether you want to go into journalism or whether you want to go into public relations or if you want to go into teaching or sales or whatever you want to do in your communication, you really got to consider uh, an internship during, um, during college. Uh, the reason for the internship, and I, I actually did one years ago uh, for a computer company, but I would highly recommend it because it gives you an opportunity to get involved and, and actually see maybe maybe you're interested in getting into public relations, for example, and you get an internship with a public relations agency of some sort. You would be able to get see what they do on a day to day basis and really get some insight on whether this career is for you or not. And so um, I know when I was attending college years ago, you know, I, th I just took guesses, you know, I thought, well, maybe I'm interested in that. Maybe I'm not, you know, I'm not quite sure. So there's a lot of indecisiveness as a student. I mean, you go through, I know I changed my major at least two or three times when I was a college student. But when you actually are involved and you actually, um, uh, you know, have an internship, you get that experience. So you, maybe you have a, you know, semester internship that you go through with a company and then you are able to um, work with an employer and they can help you have you work on maybe different assignments. Maybe they have you uh, for a PR firm, they have you put a pitch together or, you know, deal with one of their clients that they, they have, you know, get involved that way. Um, I had students with law firms, they actually uh, do an internship with a law firm or I've had students do an internship with a newspaper and for a journalism uh, degree. So. There's lots of things that you can involved in here. And then you get the experience that, that, that you need and you get that insight. And then on top of that, that's on your resume. And you can put that down and a employer asks, hey, what kind of experience have you had in the area of journalism or public relations or wherever it happens to be? And you can mention the internship and that can be very, very beneficial and helpful. So um, I would highly recommend that, that you look into that if your college has that uh, look to see that they do and uh, um, see what employers would be interested. Keep in mind that some internships are voluntary. They're, they're just, they're all voluntary, but they're un, some are unpaid and some are paid. So it just depends. I know a lot of the internships that uh, we offer are not paid because the employer feels that they're providing a great service to the student and 
don't want to have to pay on top of that. So that's just their, their thinking on it. But uh, I definitely would consider that to help you and to get, uh, get more insight in doing that. Um, the other thing I would consider doing as a student also is um, consider getting involved inside the, of the uh, national organizations that are involved. I can tell you for the year of communication that we have uh, the uh, National Communication Association, there's the Western States Communication Association, they even have different divisions of that. So the Southern States and they have Eastern States Communication Association. So there's a lot of different organizations, which I would say get your feet wet and uh, get to rub shoulders with those who are involved in the uh, possibly the profession that you want to get into the future. And, and uh, and possibly what you can do is get a mentor and somebody who can you can um, ask questions to and, and get some get some insight on um, maybe a career field that you're interested in and see what see if it's for you uh, because it may or may not be and you don't know unless you really ask that person so I would strongly recommend that consider uh, getting involved in one of those um, those organizations those associations and uh, um, they have conferences on a regular basis and they have a, they have student chapters as well. Uh, so you can get involved in that. I know there's a big discount for membership if you're a student. So um, I would recommend that as well and getting, getting involved in doing that. So all these extra things I think are really important. I think it's super important that you attend your classes and you get that coursework behind you so you can gain more knowledge about the area that you're interested in but i think on top of that it's just icing on the cake if you're involved in uh say an internship or if you're involved in one of these uh or these uh, associations or organizations that i mentioned can be more beneficial to you and uh in getting a good career in the future so um those are just some of the things my recommendations um having been a former student and, and having gone through some of those challenges i think those would be really helpful. Um, I mean, don't be afraid to approach uh, your professor or advisor at your college and ask them questions. Uh, they're they're going to help you and provide you with direction and information on your program and what you should do. And uh, that way you can really find out if it that if it's going to be for you or not. So those are just some of the suggestions I would consider uh, as a student getting in the area of communication studies, especially that you want to consider, um, you know, asking and getting involved in. Yeah, I can't help but echo what you were saying. I uh, did three internships when I was in college and I participated in those national organizations. Um, I'm an engineer, so it's engineering organizations. Mm -hmm. And they were just so helpful, um, the internships and the organization participation, just to establishing myself and um, really just helps you get going as a, an adult once you're getting out of school because um, you have those connections and you're able to, uh, you know, find a job more easily and um, just make friendships that last. So I can't help but echo what you were saying, how oh, yeah. great those there's, types of organizations are. And there's thousands of you consider there's thousands of other students looking for same thing. Maybe you're you want to get involved in, but what what separates you from the pack? I mean, 
I mean, those are the things that are going to help separate you from the pack and doing that. Yeah, um, exactly. So as we wrap up, is there anything else you would like to say or shout out or anything? Um, not really. I just I just wanted to um, thank you for both to speak uh, today uh, more about you know the area of communication. I think it's a wonderful area. Um, you uh, because you're you're dealing with interacting with others. Um, it just opens a whole avenue of different things that you can involved in. There's so many different areas that you can you can get engaged in and get involved in. But um, for now, I mean. In, in starting out, I mean, do take the public speaking course and do take the interpersonal communication course and those basic courses. And uh, I would start out by taking those and uh, seeing if that's your fit. Because I, I can tell you many years ago, um, I was a business major and then I changed to a public administration. And then my wife said, why don't you try, try this communication course? Because she actually was a my wife was a um, communication major. She was in journalism. And I said, oh, I think I'll try it out. So I took an interpersonal course actually at the time and I loved it and I've been there ever since. So starting out, I would highly recommend one of those two courses. And uh, I think you really enjoy it. I know public speaking sounds scary, but it's really once you start and you get involved in it and you get that experience, I think you'll build that confidence. So don't be afraid to, and don't shy away from it. Um, it's only going to benefit you in the future. And, and uh, like I said earlier, you know, you're going to use it for a lot of different situations in your life, whether it be speaking to a large audience or just a small group of people. So, you know, that's really going to help you that way. So, yeah, in closing, I just would recommend that, you know, starting out and then um, if it really interest you, then think about the other courses I mentioned, uh, taking, uh, they're really going to help you and, um, benefit you in the future. Well, I thank you so much for joining our podcast today. And um, if anybody would like to reach out to you or uh, learn more about your programs, is there any particular way that you like for people to contact you or find you on your school website, I guess? Sure. Um, so you can send to Dr. David Moss and my email is emos at msjc.edu. My college website is uh, www.msjc.edu. And if you go there too, you can go into our uh, programs and you'll see communication studies. And we have a lot of information at that site and I'll provide you with a lot about our program and what we do. So that probably would be the easiest way. And then I'd be, I'd be more than happy to uh, respond to any questions that you have um, regards to communication studies and help you with that.